0: everyone, welcome to Life of the Party's latest podcast, Let's Hit the Books, The Tax Consequences of Being a Self-Published Author. Today we have me, Denisha Underwood, Abby Webb, Paxton D. Simone, and Maggie Reeks, all here to discuss the tax consequences of self-published booksellers.
1: Now, we know what you're thinking, why this specific topic? Well, let's just say we have some pretty avid readers in this group, it, and it seems like a great opportunity to merge our love of accounting with our love of reading.
2: Today we're going to walk you through some of the considerations you need to take if you decide you want to self-publish a book, but for some context, let's take a few moments to discuss the differences between traditional publishing and self-publishing, as they are very different and can mean different things for your career as an author.
1: So traditional publishing is what you think of when you hear and read the big popular book crazes all over social media. I'm talking your major book talk trends and the classics from A Court of Thorns and Roses to Pride and Prejudice. If you hear the names Penguin Random House, HarperCollins, or Simon & Schuster, congrats. All it means is that your book has been taken on and published by an established publishing house. When you sign a contract, the publisher is the one who takes your books and gets it ready. Editing, formatting, cover art, the works.
3: On the other hand, self-publishing is when you act as the publishing house, so to speak. You're the one who has to edit, format, and design it. And almost more significantly, you're the one who has to successfully market it. Everything comes back to you. Some examples
0: of... Popular self-publishers are Elena Armas, whose debut novel The Spanish Love Deception has over 83,000 reviews on Goodreads as of the date of recording, and LJ Ross, a lawyer turned author who self-published her first novel through Kindle Direct Publishing in 2015 and has since published 19 novels selling 4.5 million copies. It can be kind of daunting to be the
2: one responsible for every little detail, but there are perks too. You own every aspect and have complete control. And you typically get to take home a bigger amount each paycheck instead
0: of having a large chunk go to the publisher. Both are good options. So you need to evaluate which one is better for you and your goals. But today we are only going to focus on self-publishing and the specific tax consequences of that decision. And I think Paxson is going to take us away on the first major topic you need to consider, whether you are writing as a hobby or business.
3: So for us tax people, we're all familiar with the nine factors in Treasury Regulation Section 1.183, more specifically in paragraph 2b1. But for those of you who aren't familiar, this Treasury Regulation provides nine factors that you use to evaluate how you should classify an activity. As business treatment is different from hobby treatment based on your intention of making a profit. So it's important to know which one you're doing and how you should report your income and expenses. So, some of the main factors are, you know, whether the taxpayer carries on in a business-like manner, whether they have adequate time and effort spent on the activity, and whether or not they depend on the income. So, for example, do you have your own bank account for book sales and expenses? If so, and you keep proper records, you may be carrying on your activity in a more business-like manner versus if you just did everything out of your own personal bank account. Another is whether you whether or not you depend on the income. It's okay if you have another job. After all, a lot more experienced writers suggest that you don't quit your day job at the start, but if you significantly rely on that income for your day-to-day living, such as paying for your rent, it may also signal that you are treating your writing and sales as a business, not just hobby writing you do for fun. A final example is the time and effort you put into self-publishing. How significant is your involvement? Do you put in a lot of time each week working on things? Do you run a blog or a social media page? Are you writing regularly? Do you have frequent meetings with editors, artists, or other formatters? These are only a handful of examples of the nine factors, but these can be some pretty big determinants in your case. Some of them can be a little subjective, so it's important to keep good records of everything you do. We recommend that you do talk with a tax professional on what classification, either hobby or business, is right for you.
2: For our purposes today, we're going to, going to assume that you decide you run your activity as a business. So now you have to decide what type of business best fits your needs. You will likely be deciding between an LLC or a sole proprietorship. An LLC provides you limited liability. If you're afraid of getting sued, then this might be your best pick. Don't plagiarize, Dan. Right. Or if you want something a little easier to form, you can set up a sole proprietorship. So proprietorships are flexible and really easy to form, though this can depend on your state. And filing is simple. On your individual 1040, you will also have to fill out a Schedule C with all of your business revenues and expenses. And since you are running your own business, you will have to remit and pay self-employment taxes yourself. So be sure to set aside enough money to pay for this, Medicare and income taxes throughout the year. As you publish more and more books, you can consider setting up your own publishing company, but that might be down the line. For now, this is a more simple case.
1: Next, we're going to talk about all of your major revenues, expenses, and how you report them on your tax return. To begin, when you sell your books, you will earn revenue. You may even get some royalties down the line. We'll talk about those and form 1099 a bit later. All revenues and earnings need to be recorded, and this is what we call gross income. The Internal Revenue Code defines gross income in Section 62A, lines 1 through 14, as all income from whatever source derived, including but not limited to quite a few items. The most important of these items for our conversation are that gross income includes compensation for services, including fees, commissions, fringe benefits, and similar items, gross income derived from a business, and royalties. After dealing with revenues, you then have to move on to recording your expenses. This might be what everyone is really interested in, because everyone wants to be able to take deductions on your return. And when trying to get your books ready for publishing, you might incur several significant expenses, such as hiring an artist for cover art and formatting, an editor for grammar and content changes, and even test sensitivity writers. A business can deduct all the ordinary and necessary expenses paid or incurred during the taxable year in carrying on any trade or business, according to IRC Section 162A. This means as long as our self published author keeps records straight and can prove the business purpose of expenses, they may deduct expenses on their return.
0: Now you may remember earlier. Um, Maggie mentioned royalties. Royalties are specifically discussed in R.C. Section 1.61-8 and are included in gross income. Royalties are legally binding payments made to an individual or company for the ongoing use of their assets. These payments can come from books, stories, plays, copyrights, trademarks, formulas, patents, and and even the exploitation of natural resources. An example is the payments received by musicians when their original songs are played on the radio or television. In the case of self-published authors, the avenue through which they publish their books, such as Amazon or Kindle, will have a royalty rate for each book copy sold, and these rates are generally higher than traditional publishing housing rates.
2: So Denisha, how would a self-published author report royalties on their tax return?
0: That's a good question Abby. So for most cases royalties are reported on schedule C of form 1040 because they are arise because they arise from the course of the business and then reported again on form 1099. A self-published author will only receive a 1099 if they made over $600 in royalties over the course of the taxable year. So if you are a self-published author and use Amazon Publishing Feature, Amazon will send you a form 1099 at the end of the year if your royalty income is over $600. The form will be filled out and ready to file along with the author's 1040 for the year.
1: Since Denisha gave us an example of revenue that is outside the ordinary business revenue from selling books, I've got a deduction item that is a bit more difficult, deducting a home office expense. The home office deduction is a hot, hot topic in the tax world, a real Friday night party conversation for sure. The Internal Revenue Code outlines in Section 280A, Paragraph C1, that our self-published author may take a home office deduction on the condition that the portion of the dwelling unit that we are calling a home office is exclusively used as the principal place of business. Let's look at hybrid author Jennifer Trout for a moment. Hybrid author means she has a self-published and traditionally published her books. Armin Trout has published 63 books over the last decade and has confessed to spending eight hours a day writing, including the weekends. As a big fan of her work, I followed her office remodel of summer 2020 posts on Instagram, and the new remodel brings up some interesting points about the home office deduction. First, she does not have a desk in this office. Now, for a writer, a desk may not be completely necessary. I like to do my homework in bed, so she likes to write on a couch if she wants to. But she has deemed one corner of her office her writing nook, and it can be hard to prove that this nook is used exclusively for business, especially since this couch corner is surrounded by bookshelves like a little mini library. One thing she does have going for the home office deduction is her ideal wall. This giant whiteboard office supply area is where she maps out her stories, proof that the room is used for her writing business.
3: But while we're on the subject, one thing to note about home office deductions is that they can be a red flag for IRS audits. So if you do claim a home office deduction, make sure you can prove that the extra room is actually your business office and not just a side room full of clutter.
2: As you can see, there's a lot to consider when you sit down to publish. To recap, we've covered hobby versus business classifications, the type of entity you should form, how to report revenues and the deductibility of various expenses, with some specific examples. Hopefully some of what we cover today can help you begin narrowing down what major decisions you should make when preparing to self-publish. It's important to remember that whatever you choose to do, keep good detailed records. And if you have specific questions, please talk to your tax professional for more specific guidance. Thanks for listening. Good luck in all of your publishing endeavors.